The contents of the lab report are meant for educational purposes only. They are not meant to be misconstrued as medical diagnosis or treatment advice. Oh, Patsy, that's terrific. Today on The Lab Report, we are going to talk to Amber Shaw. Mind and body transformation expert and founder of the wellness revolution. Count me in. I'm part of the revolution. (laughs) Me too. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. August, really? Already? What you, oh. Like, Already? You know, time flies, Michael, but does it really fly? It kind of always goes at the same pace, if you ask me. I don't think so. Jim said the Earth is spinning faster than it should. Wow. Hello! Hi, Michael Chapman. How are you today? Doing great, Patty Devers. How are you doing? I'm doing good, though. You know, this whole time flies thing, now you've got me rethinking it. Part of me was like, it is perspective, it is relative, but now you're saying that's actually, that might not be true. No, I mean, all I said was the Earth is spinning faster. Whether that has anything to do with our perception of time, I think is probably not likely. That's a really good point. Didn't think about that. But then what does that mean if the world is spinning faster? How does that manifest and why should we care about that? No, what it means is that the Earth is uh, recording shorter and shorter days. Like at some point last year, it had a day where it shaved off 1.59 milliseconds. <laughs> I will say those can add up, though. Soon you're at one second and That's then where are we? Right. Yeah. Boom. Now all of a sudden we're, we're in August already. <laughs> right. Anyway, Patty, this is a podcast. Hmm. It's uh, it's called The Lab Reports, where we talk about things like specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics, and functional precision medicine. It's, it, You know what? This podcast is all thanks to Genova. Oh, thanks, Genova. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and if you like this podcast by Genova, perhaps you can sub- subscribe to the show. Follow us over on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts can be heard. And furthermore, you know, hit the maybe hit the like or the star button. Leave us a written review. We love those. And if you don't want to subscribe, even though it's free... It's a free sure. subscription. Doesn't even hurt. You can also follow us. That's another option That's too. Another. Yeah, if you're if you're not necessarily a subscriber of things, hmm. you know, you're anti-subscription. I hear that? Yeah, but yeah. you can always follow people. Nonconformist. That's right. But you could also email us podcast at gdx.net, and we read all of them. That's and our email Respond address. to them. Yeah. And if you're out there listening and you're interested in some of the stuff that we're talking about, you're interested in some of the testing that we discuss on this program, uh, there's a place for you. There is. It's called connect.gdx.net. You can go there, get more information, check it out. Oh, well, I couldn't agree more. Hey, Patty, what are we talking about today? What are we, we doing today? We are going to speak to Amber Shaw, who is one of my like girl crushes. I follow her on Instagram because yeah. she has really inspiring content for women, and I'm super excited to meet her. Yeah, I kind of feel like we're ideologically aligned in a lot of ways as mm-hmm. far as how we view uh, the whole concept of diet and, and relationships with food, eating, uh, those sort of things, as well as how it impacts hormones, women's hormones, menopause, all these sort of things. So, um, yeah, I can't wait to have this chat with her. It's going to be fun. Let's call her up. Patty Devers. I'm so excited. I don't know what to say. Amber Shaw. Let me tell you about Amber. So Amber Shaw is a mind and body transformation expert and founder of the Wellness Revolution, a leading global movement for thousands of women over 40, empowering them to rediscover their confidence and create a lifestyle that is effortless and sustainable. As a motivational speaker, philanthropist, and internationally recognized authority in the health and wellness industry, Amber coaches women all across the world on achieving sustainable weight loss without dieting their way through life. 
As a nationally board certified <laughs> health and wellness coach and a certified personal trainer, Amber is committed to overhauling diet culture, giving women the support and accountability they need to change their lives. She is a highly sought after speaker and her insights have been featured in numerous national media outlets where she regularly contributes as the resident health and fitness expert. She also shares her expertise on highly rated bi-weekly podcast, The Wellness Revolution. Mm, yep. Amber's mission is to help millions of women worldwide heal their relationship with food and themselves while empowering them to transform their lives, love their bodies, and create lasting results. And with that... Welcome, yeah. Amber Shaw. Thank you. Ah, oh, thank you. I mean, that just <laughs> that fires me up. Yeah. Right there. I like it. <laughs> well, I have to say... It's a good mission statement. Right. And sure. I have to say, Amber, I don't know if, if, if I even told you this before, but... I when when I'm feeling down or I'm feeling sad, I go to Instagram and follow your messages. If anyone's out there, follow her on Miss Amber Shaw on Instagram. It always cheers me up. It always makes me feel so good. I just love what you put out in the world and the vibe, and it just warms my heart. So I just wanted to start right there. <laughs> I mean, are you trying to make me cry? Are you doing Barbara Walters on me? Are you like, are you trying to make me cry right out the gate? <laughs> that's Good that's our mo. I so oh. humbly received that. You just gave me the chills. I thank you. That was that's so sweet. I need the, I, thank you. You're that's so, so sweet. sweet. Thank well, you. Thank you. And with that, you know, Michael and I speak to a lot of people on this podcast, and everyone out there listens to a, a lot of podcasts, I'm sure. And there are a lot of coaches in the world. But your passion for helping women take control of their lives came from some personal experience. Can you tell us what was that journey for you? Yeah, you know, God, I always I, I love, love, love sharing the, this, these vulnerable pieces of my life just because I think that every time I share my story, I think there's just so many women that it resonates with because a lot of women have gone through their lives really feeling unhappy in their bodies. And I got to say for me, you know, really it started at the age of nine. Mm -hmm. um, I have a, a just a lifetime of, of I like to say like a, a chronic dieting career mm -hmm. um and 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 it started at the age of nine not necessarily the dieting piece of it but that this idea my own internal idea that the body i had was not and i'm gonna do quotes like good enough right mm -hmm. it was not good enough for what i thought everybody expected it to be and much like a lot of girls you know i'm 44 so back in this time where you know body positivity and like you know body like awareness of how you speak around little girls regarding your body and all that body image it just wasn't a thing mm -hmm. and so sure. i grew up in a time where you know female figures in my life were constantly making comments about their bodies, constantly talking about diets and how, quote, fat they were and all the things. And I, at nine years old, was a very athletic little girl. I was never overweight, but my dad was a rugby player. I was super tall. And and so I just, female figures in my life would make comments about the size of my body. Mm. And I don't care you know, and I know that this is true for even a lot of men, like the men just don't talk about it as much, mm -hmm. but you know, anytime, whether or not you're making comments that some, a child is small or as big or anytime, I think that you make comments about a child's body, they immediately start to associate their value and their worth with their bodies. Mm -hmm. And it is such, even on a, because at that age, we are so at that, you know, our, our little subconscious minds are in, taking 
taking in all of these messages and even what might seem as like such a, you know, uh, like a minor comment, it really at that age, because it's such an impressionable age, we're just intaking all that information and it's really forming the way that we view ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't really even realize this, but as I, you know, got into my teens, you know, I was always bigger than the boys. I mean, when I was like 13, like literally I was five, seven, I mm. had boobs. I was bigger than all. I mean, like I looked like I was 18 years old, uh -huh. but I didn't want to look that way. Uh, and so I wanted to be like everybody else. And so then this is like, now I'm like in high school, I started my first calorie restricted diet. I didn't mm. even know what that meant, but I just remember going to Subway. I picked the veggie sub cause it was the least amount of calories on the menu. And that's, you know, kind of like started this whole like mm. really messed up relationship with food. Right. And so you fast forward to my early 20s and now things are really starting to spiral out of control because I'm, I'm feeling all the pressures of being, you know, a young adult. I am out on my own, uh, you know, and it's really like all of these years of feeling like my worth and my value belong, you know, is associated with my body. It's starting to catch up with me. And now I'm starting to practice being a, a bulimic. Mm -hmm. uh, and so now I'm actively binging and purging and really feeling just so out of control. And I was very lucky that I had the kind of the wherewithal and also the financial means to get help. Um, so I did go to a, like a, a therapist, which is an outpatient therapy. And it was a, I was able to heal myself of the physical act of binging and purging. Mm -hmm. But I know now, you know, at 44 from doing the work that I didn't heal myself of like what, like I didn't get to the root. Mm -hmm. I didn't sure. fix what was right. really happening. Right. So then this just manifested and, you know, in other ways throughout my 20s, I've talked about on my, you know, podcast before, like in my late, you know, my mid 20s. I mean, I was wild. I mean, drinking drugs, like all the time, like just, just always searching, always searching to uh for some for that external validation mm -hmm. for something to, right. to make me whole mm -hmm. you fast forward to my 30s and at this point i'm married mm -hmm. and i get pregnant and i have two kids and with both kids i gained about 65 70 pounds with both pregnancies mm -hmm. i was like preeclampsic bed rest the whole thing and it's really because I use the nine months as like an all out binge session, mm, like right. seriously for somebody who's been a restrictive, you know, like obsessive eater, like over exercise or all of this, like this was like my letdown period. Mm -hmm. And so I, and keep in mind too, at this point, I, you know, living like this, like, you know, living with this, you know, constantly, you know, being critical of my body, constantly, you know, worried about things and hating the way I look. And like, it, it was just like my normal, yeah. which I think is like become the normal for a lot of women. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, uh -huh. and, and, and a lot of men too, again, they just don't Fair. talk about it as much. Right. Um, but I, there was just become my normal. And so after I'd had the kids, I lost the weight, but like I lost it and like both like very quickly, but very unhealthy. Like I wasn't like actively binging and purging, but like I was like starving myself. It was like these crazy diets I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but again, going back to the whole, like, this is all that I really ever knew. Like, this is just yeah. how I've lived my life, my whole life. Fast forward to, I was turning, getting ready to turn 40 and I entered a very, very traumatic and difficult season in my life. My marriage uh, was completely falling apart. Um, I was 
very, very unhappy in um, the job that I was in. I had a very lucrative, very uh, successful sales career, but mm-hmm. I just have always known that I was meant for more and I just couldn't figure out what that looked like. I also felt very like shackled in my job because I was afraid to make the leap because I was making so much money, which I know a lot of people can identify with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was also just so tired of hating my body and ultimately hating myself. Like I didn't even freaking like myself. And I was just tired of it. And so this whole process, and also I was getting ready to turn 40. So when you, you know, if you, wow. when you, you guys, you know, when you get ready to like hit a big age, <laughs> yeah. you start like yeah. asking big questions, <laughs> yes, you do. right? Like, right. what do I want the rest of my life to look like? And so this really, for me, this started this entire self-healing, like spiritual journey for me. And what resulted out of that was me after a uh, kind of like a little eat, pray, love trip to Costa Rica, (laughs) I came back and I had decided that I went with the intention of what was I going to do for how was I, what was I going to change in my career? And um, I decided that I was going to um, go back and I wanted to become a coach and I wasn't exactly sure what that looked like, but I immediately came back and enrolled in a program for integrative nutrition. Um, And it really just started to just snowball from there. I just knew, even though I didn't know what it was gonna look like, um, I knew I was really at this season where I was trying to find like the purpose and the pain. And I knew that like all of the work I was doing and all of the healing that I was doing, like as a human being, it was like my duty to be able to share that with other people that were hurting. And I really just kind of like came to at peace with the fact that I was going through all of this so that I could share how I got to the other side with others. And yeah. so it just perfect really was built and, out of that. And we're grateful for all of that. Seriously, you're, so you're changing yeah. lives. Yeah. I, that, that your entire story arc has so many different interesting points to it. But like one of the things that came to my mind was the fact that, I mean, this all started kind of nine, eight, nine, ten years old, and and just the conversations that happen around the playground or, or right. wherever else. Right. And uh, it made me think, you know, having an eight-year-old daughter myself, um, like, first and foremost, is there any way to keep keep all of that external force away as much as possible? I assume moving to a desert island and homeschooling <laughs> is really our only option at this point. Um, but, you know, as a parent yourself, I wonder how you, how you coach them, you know, in, in that realm. Yeah, that's such a great question. And I, you know, that's definitely been a learning like process for me because I also have a daughter. She's almost 12 now. Mm-hmm. And I think the message that I've sent her from the get-go is always about being strong. I never make any, I never talk about weight. I, she doesn't ever see me on a scale. I don't have a scale in any of my rooms. Mm-hmm. So I'm never talking about, I'm always talking about like, taking charge of your health and how important it is to be strong and how important it is to be healthy, but never, ever, ever talking about size. Um, I am always very mindful about oh, also like not commenting on my size or Mm -hmm. like my or other other people's Mm -hmm. size um you know and i think that those are are very um 
uh, you know, those are really important. I also think too, I'm very mindful. I think people can go too extreme with this one though, because I still think little girls like to hear that they're pretty, right? Like I think some people can go too extreme, like they never tell uh-huh. their kids that like they're cute or they're attractive because they're afraid that they put all the emphasis on the looks. And like I, I think it can be like a, a balance of both, right? Like I do, a, I feel like I'm very cognizant of like commenting on how smart she is and putting emphasis on other things other than her appearance. But like, I also don't think it's, uh, you know, a bad thing to tell somebody that they look nice and that, you know, that's a nice, that's a nice color on them and you look really pretty or like whatever that looks like. But that's my own personal belief. Some people Mm -hmm. might disagree with that, but I just feel like it can be well-rounded. So, yeah, I mean, I just think, especially with little girls and I will say, I know we keep bringing up the men thing and here's why it's because I have done, I have done a lot of interviews with men who were very open about like they also experience so much of this but we just as a society we just think that they're immune to it mm-hmm. and uh, and so i think that it's very important too for people to acknowledge like also the same with 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 men with boys little boys like it's very important i think too with them with sending that message as well it's, it's so it's, important. It's so fascinating, too, because as you were saying that, the my four-year-old son came to my mind where I was like, <laughs> we try to tell him now every once in a while we make the mistake of calling him cute. And if you want to get him upset, <laughs> you call him cute because he will sit, he will just look at you and be like, I am not cute. Aww. You know what I mean? And so it's so interesting how the, the inverse almost kind of works for, for little boys and, and little boys turning into men, too. Yeah. Yeah. And you, yeah. Can't, you can't control yeah. it all. It's so insidious. It's hard to control all of it. But, you know, you can instill these things yeah. like Amber saying into your children. Yeah. Well, I guess so turning um, turning to back to women for a second who can absolutely, as your story alludes to, be very hard on themselves. Uh, you know, your social media platform, like Patty was saying earlier, is really about reminding women to be kinder, to show more self-love. Um, and you work with lots and lots of middle-aged women. How hard is it to change that mentality? You know, do you start with that kind of mind shift or does that happen later after they start seeing results? How does that all work together in your mind? Yeah. So, well, first of all, like how hard is it to change that mentality? Yes, it definitely can. It it can be difficult, but it's not impossible. It can be difficult just because especially so many middle-aged women, so much, you know, about 90% of the, of our actions is, is driven by our subconscious. And so for so many of us, the way that we speak to ourselves, you know, the way that we show up in the world, the way that we, you know, just carry ourselves, it's so much driven by our subconscious, why there's just why, which is why there's always such a, there can be such a disconnect, right? For like what we want and what we do can be two different things because we're, our subconscious is really driving the ship there, but it is possible to change that mindset. And I would say that, You know, where I start with women is it is really about starting to, you know, assume the identity of who you are trying to become now, as opposed to uh, waiting until you achieve it. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, when it when it goes to like after they start, because you asked a question of like, does the mind shift happen um, after they start seeing results? Now, I would say yes and no. Yes to when they start seeing results by just simply showing up for themselves, then yes, I start to see a shift because I start to see some momentum. And then that's where the confidence comes from. We have, but the problem is, is that a lot of women start to think that, that 
the shift isn't possible until they see the physical mm -hmm. results. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what's dangerous because anytime that you attach that to something external, then you're always just raising the bar. Like I can't even tell you how many times for me it was like, I would say like, okay, if I just like lost these, you know, 10 pounds, then I would be happy. Well, seriously, I would lose the 10 pounds. And then like, then I would constantly just find something else to like pick, pick apart and, you know, I see this happen all the time in my programs. Women too, they come to me and they're like, they started the program, they're like, okay, if I would just lose X, Y, Z weight, then I would, you know, I would be happy, I'd be, you know, and then they lose the weight. And again, they're still picking themselves apart. So I, I really do start to see the big shift, that kind of that mindset shift where they really are starting to be proud of themselves. They're starting to get momentum. They're starting to get confidence. It really is has nothing to do with the physical shift. Believe it or not, that's like a really big, hmm. uh, that, that's a big misconception. Oh, it's yeah. actually to do with the action, which is why like when I coach women, it's all about setting like super specific, simple, measurable, like actionable goals. And it, and, and, keeping at those goals until they just become a part of who you are so that you start to get that momentum like yes i you know i, I declared this is what i'm going to do and i showed i showed up for it and that's how you start to shift your mindset and start to get that confidence did i answer your question you yeah you did, did. <laughs> and i'll tell you amber you're speaking directly to me and i think that's why i love your social media so much and and some of the blogs on your website because it really does speak to that like to rem it's a reminder right it's a reminder to women to show up for themselves which we yeah. do not do right yeah and i, I think that something clicks with what you just said for maybe the first time or so in my head where the attachment of you know your uh, self-confidence or your sense of identity to a metric which would uh -huh. be some sort of you know number on the scale or or any type of metric is always going to lend itself <laughs> to the potential for relapse right because right. that that metric is not ever going to be static you know day to day to day to day to day so it's right. it's almost like yeah you have to yeah you have to disconnect that and yeah. attach it to something that's more about purpose and meaning and change and, and all those other types of things and I'll give you a perfect example. And in fact, I was actually reflect reflecting on this tonight. And I really are uh, tonight. I was reflecting on this in the future. No, I was reflecting on this. <laughs> this cool. I was reflecting on this. I know I'm a time traveler. Um, no, I was reflecting on this this morning, which was I was reflecting on, on really how far I've come and really being happy with me mm. because I had to, I had to go to the doctors just a couple days ago and I never weigh myself, but you know, the doctors, they always make you do it. And it got on the scale and I am 10 pounds heavier than I was at this time last year, 10 pounds heavier. Mm. And I, I know for me, a lot of that too, is that I am I, last year, I was like working my ass off. I was barely eating. I know this, I, you know, I, I have a lot more muscle on my body now, but it doesn't, I like, but even beside all of that, like if old Amber realized she was 10 pounds heavier, like she, I would have gone in, like what I would have done this morning is immediately started Googling, like what a ridiculous diet I need to go on. Yeah. And I just like this, you know, I was thinking about this morning and I just thought, God, like I, I'm so, I'm so much more confident in, in myself and just really feeling at home in my own body. But this is from just the continued work that I continue to do on myself 
day in and day out. You know, what I always share, share with, with women in particular is that when you start to go down this path of like personal growth and development, like the work is never done, mm-hmm. right? Like I didn't have a lobotomy. Like I'm always going to be me. Like I'm always going to have these fleeting thoughts like, oh my God, you just gained 10, like you, yeah. you're 10 pounds bigger than you were last year. But I've just, because I have done and I continue to do the work, you know, on a daily basis, I just was able to shut shut that down quicker nice. and be like, no, but you know what? Like, and nice. so I just think, yeah, like I think that that is a perfect example of how like your mindset really can change, mm-hmm. but it, yeah. it takes work and it, it just takes work. Of yeah. course, yeah. of course. Yeah. And and I think many women out there can relate. And, you know, we've all been there. We've all been on the diet and exercise roller coaster. Try a diet, join the gym, fail, gain more weight, beat yourself up, blah, blah, blah. And we all get into that all or nothing mentality, but what are your best tips to foster consistency to continue to show up? Oh, I love this question. And you know, you're hitting my hot buttons because you know, consistency is my jam, right? right. This is what I talk about. Like sustainable weight loss is not found in perfection. It's about being consistent most of the time over time, but being consistent with what works for you. You know, I always, I hear this all the time from women. They're like, oh, you know, I just keep falling on and off the wagon. You know, I struggle to stay consistent. If you were to ask most middle-aged women, they will tell you their biggest struggle when it comes to health and wellness is that they can't stay consistent. Mm -hmm. And what I, my response always to that is, is that if you are somebody that finds yourself falling on and off the quote wagon, well, the problem is not you. The problem is, is your freaking wagon. And what I mean by that is that what you're trying to stick to obviously isn't working for you. It's not, it's not, it's not realistic for your life. It's not satisfying. It's not doable. Otherwise you would be doing it because it's not that you don't know what to do. You just, you're not doing what works for you. And so I think first and foremost, it's getting like unapologetic, like letting go of what all the other, you know, you, you've read about all the blogs, all the books, all the diets, what are the influencers saying? Da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. And getting really clear on like, what works for you. And so a very simple exercise that I take my clients through is, and it sounds very elementary, but but it it is, and it can be, and it should be, is first sitting down and like mapping out your current day of habits, right? Like what, what's your current day of habits? What are, you, what are you doing when it comes to like health and wellness and just like, you know, for yourself? And then sit down and like map out an ideal day. Hmm. Like when's the last like diet that asked you to map out an ideal day that like hmm. would actually would work for you? Guess what? None of them. Mm-hmm. Right. Right? right. Like none of them do that. And so sit down and figure out what's an ideal day for you and then figure out where's the disconnect. Where is the disconnect between the two? And then just get really act- simple and actionable with it, which is so figuring out where where is your disconnect of what, what. And when I say figure out what your ideal day is, like literally map out a schedule. Like map out a schedule. Hmm. What would work for you, right? right? Like maybe getting up at 5 a.m. because every healthy person does that, so to speak. They they don't, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. that maybe that doesn't work for you, right? And that's right. okay. But figure out what does. So just so figure out what does. So mapping out that ideal day and then simply starting. And in fact, in my consistency challenge, it's a free challenge. I like walk you through this entire process. And so, but you would start with like three goals um, that just start with three. Don't try and start with 10, like literally pick three, pick 
three goals and make them actionable and make them measurable. So instead of saying like, oh, I'm just going to eat better this week. What does that mean? Like that seriously, when you are that vague, you just set yourself up for failure because in your mind, really, you probably are expecting perfection. Mm -hmm. So because we all do, we're hard on ourselves. So map it out. What does that mean? Okay, I'm going to get, you know, greens in, uh, you know, five days this week for like X, Y, Z meals or like whatever that gets super, super specific again, because going back to when you show up for yourself, when you check it off, when you check the box, right? That's where you become confident. That's where you start to get momentum. It's really hard to get momentum Mm -hmm. from making vague goals. Like I'm going to eat better this week. Right. Like, what does that even mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 Totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and you know, and another thing that I think of too is you it's sort of borrowing a lot of language from like what like addiction uh, aspects, whether it's you know on off the wagon and this type of an idea. And one of the things around that is uh, with addiction, we're always talking about hey, you need to understand like what purpose this this drug, this substance is doing in your life, you know. And it's going back to what you're saying, like why are you doing what you're doing? What's the disconnect, right? Rather than just removing a substance and thinking that's going to stick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a huge thing. Anytime, you know, I'm working with women again, because we're talking about, you know, in my, you know, my line of work, sustainable weight loss or anytime just even sustainable change. Right. Like Mm -hmm. I always talk about lifestyle 1.0 is just to remove the behavior like, oh, I didn't eat chips all week. Great. That's amazing. But like what happens, you know, two weeks from now when you're stressed out from hell at work and somebody brings like your favorite bag of salt and vinegar chips, you're going to take the chips down. Right. Right. Like we got to get you to lifestyle 2.0, which is really getting to the hardware or, you know, getting to the root. But the truth is too, is that getting to the root, well, that's the hard work, right? Right. Like a lot of people don't want to do that. They don't want to get to the root. They don't want to think about what's the real reason that I'm doing X, Y, and Z behavior, right? That's, that's where the work comes in. Good one. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, I have to ask, uh, because we've, we've sort of talked a little bit about diet here and there and at, you know, uh, and you talk a lot about this on, on your podcast and your content. There's uh, there's some different diets out there. You know, there's some proponents <laughs> of different two. diets. Right. Uh, I've heard of a couple: yeah. paleo, keto, vegan, intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I wonder, do you have a particular stance on this? Where, what do you have a camp? Are you campless? What, and what do you do, say to a client when they come for help? Oh, you know, I got to camp on this. Uh, Okay, so here's what I'll say first and foremost, not to like bash, you know, like keto, like, you know, because I actually am an intermittent faster. But here's the things I don't treat intermittent fasting like a diet for me. It is just like a it's a scheduled way of eating. It's become a part of my lifestyle. Like for me, it's always about figuring out what works for you. I have, I have talked to plenty of people who, who are lifelong keto people and it works for them. Great. Like more, like if it works for you and you were doing the paleo people works for you and you were doing it in a healthy way. Great. Mm -hmm. Like that I'm okay. But I just, for me, it's just, people need to get honest about what their intention is. Like, is this really your lifestyle or is this just like, this is a quick fix. So it's the quick fix. That's where I have the problem because the weight comes back Mm -hmm. always. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And so going back to this whole like, you know, calories in, calories out when that's always like one that everyone likes to talk about. And here's the thing what I what I always say about that. 
it would be ignorant of me um, to say that calories don't matter. Mm -hmm. Obviously they do, right? But I think this whole eat less, move more, it's a very uh, lazy piece of advice for a very, um, a kind of a more, for a very nuanced process, right? Like it's just, we have like, it's an oversimplification and it's dangerous. It's a, it's dangerous advice because I see it in my practice every day. You have this, uh, you know, this culture of women, you know, middle-aged women who have been fed that advice for, you know, for, you know, 30 years plus, whatever. Mm -hmm. And now they are just grossly under eating, like under 1200 calories on the regular. And they wonder why they can't lose weight. And obviously I know I'm within like minds here, but we all know it is way more complicated than that. Like, yes, right. calories matter, but you can, but there are other uh, dangers and, and, you know, serious ramifications health-wise that can happen when you are consistently underfeeding your body for, you know, hormonally, inflammation-wise. I mean, we, I know you guys talk about this, you know, as well. And, and so that for me is I just think that calories are a piece of the puzzle um, but they're just not the only piece. And, you know, it's really funny. I actually believe that if women just really honestly focused on, um, and first of all, I don't even coach on counting calories. I haven't counted calories in years. I just focus on a more whole food uh, diet, like eating less processed and packaged, minimizing the sugar, minimizing the alcohol. I don't cut anything out. Mm -hmm. um, everything's on the table for me. Um, but I just really practice uh, uh, going throughout my week feeling satisfied and focusing on portions, right? I really try to eat for blood sugar control and just, min again, minimizing the sugars and all that stuff. And and I've coached hundreds of clients in this process and we don't ever calorie count. Calorie count. Um, the only time we calorie count is maybe in the beginning. We're trying to get a little information to just see kind of like sure. where they're at if yeah. they're under eating. Right. Um, but I would just say that, yeah, I mean, I think that you don't have to, you know, you don't have to calorie count. But what I was going to tell you is that what I was telling my clients yesterday in our group calls, I was saying, you know, truthfully, I think if most women would just focus on if they really had to have a number in mind, would just seriously focus on close to their maintenance number and stay consistent with that and avoid the ups and downs, they would probably see more of a weight loss. And they, they try and get like hyper focused on this, like super deprivation, because the truth is, is that you're just not going to stick to that. Yeah. Right. So if you could just get your mind around like a little bit of a higher number and just stay pretty consistent with it over time, you're going to see results, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's just, so that's, that's kind of the way I feel about the whole, you know, Calories in, calories out, yeah. diet, diet camps. Thing. Well, and, and I just want to say, because Michael and I have talked about this on the show several times, many times. As a female, most of my life was, I spent my adult life in ketosis and felt great, did great. Then suddenly middle age comes and now hormones wreak havoc. And with menopausal and perimenopausal females, hormones can just ruin all of your health routines and strategies that used to work when you were younger. They no longer mm -hmm. work. And so you have to pivot and figure that out. But this is something a lot of menopausal and perimenopausal women struggle with because they're like, oh, just, you know, exercise more, eat less. Oh, yeah. OK, that mm -hmm. used to work. That no longer works for you. So what mm -hmm. advice do you think is most impactful when you're speaking to these women and they're trying to lose fat or lose weight? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, so much of why that doesn't work anymore 
absolutely has to do with your estrogen and progesterone dropping. Mm -hmm. Like this is the time in your life where you actually need to be relaxing more. You need to be integrating more of the restorative exercise, take more walks. Like, yes, definitely incorporate strength training, but this is where like the eat less, move more actually starts being like causing the root can cause like the reverse effect on your body because your hormones are dropping and you know, you're not wanting to jack up your cortisol, put all that stress on your body. And so this is really where we have to start really prioritizing sleep and recovery and rest and making sure we're getting enough food. And so I, you know, that is the age demographic that I coach when it comes to weight loss. And, and I really, um, and that's, that's how I coach women. Let's first focus on reducing the processed and packaged foods, because guess what? Because your hormones are starting to get a little jacked up because you're in this time of your life, then we have to start focusing on foods that are going to, uh, you know, have allow your body for a little bit more hormonal balance, reduce the inflammation in the body. So having a more real food diet is way more important now. It's always important, but it's even more important now than say it was in your 20s when you could really handle that, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say that's really big, the more nutrition. Also, um, again, as we've been talking about, not under eating. I mean, that's really important. And I have to say, sleep to me is number one. Mm -hmm. And this is a really tricky one because so many women who are in perimenopause, uh, you know, they are struggling with sleep. Mm -hmm. I mean, it is like these menopausal women are, that's one of the first things that like starts to go. And so it's really, really putting an emphasis on coming up with not only just getting good sleep, but a good like nighttime routine, doing whatever you can to facilitate a good night's sleep, because that is where it all starts. Like that's way more important than exercise. It's way more important than even the food you eat. Sleep is king. I know you guys know this, but yeah. like, yeah, like sleep is king. And you know, when I, when even on a practical level, if you are somebody who is like wanting to improve like your health and wellness, you maybe you've got some weight loss goals, whatever that looks like, think about it. Like, are you are you making your best decisions when you're tired? Right. No, like I right. for me, I like. Right. I and mean, I'm like, always so tired. Explains <laughs> a lot, Michael. <laughs> about it right it's like every time it's like you maybe you don't make you end up in the drive-thru or you skip that workout or a lot of the times it's because you're freaking tired right, right? you didn't right. get enough sleep so it's definitely like you know go being you know, our shift and our, our shifting of hormones it is not a death sentence right like it is not a death sentence but it is it just means we have to take care of our body a little bit differently and fat loss is absolutely possible um you know after 40 for sure yeah. love that well, and it <clears throat> begs the question to me, honestly, um, based on what Patty was alluding to about my health decisions. I mean, do you only <laughs> work with women? Do you work with guys, too? Because it's been a while since I exercised and stopped eating as many bagels as I do. And just talking to you makes me feel like I need to go home and do that right away. So um, can I can I sign up to work with you or where do people go? Yes. Okay. Good question. So no, I actually do not work with men and I'm, I'm going to give the really honest answer. And in fact, I've never, I don't think I've ever shared this on a podcast, actually what the real reason why I initially okay. why I did not work with men. Okay. It's because I was at a point in my life where I was going through a very difficult time uh, in my marriage. And it wasn't like, I was like hating all men, but I actually sort of was. <laughs> and so I was like, from the get go, my business model was like, if that I'm not working with dudes, like forget it. I'd had enough with the 
man I was married to. Like, I don't want no way. Uh-huh. And then it just sort of like evolved. <laughs> That's really the real reason. But then um, I'm not a man hater, but then it just like it evolved to where like it just didn't really work in my business model. And then I'd have to redo my website and the whole thing. So, yeah. no, I don't work with men now, but I do love men, but not. I just don't. Um, so, I OK, with that. I'm like, I don't like dudes either. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, so, OK, so I guess yeah, so where to find me? Yes. Um, so I. Definitely, I love connecting um, with people on my social media. So um, I am in on Instagram all day, every day, checking my DMs. And I would love to hear from you if you're somebody, if it's something I said resonated today, I would love to hear from you. So I'm at um, MS Amber Shaw. So that's Miss Amber Shaw. You can also head over to my website, ambershaw.com. And then, of course, I would love for you to tune into the Wellness Revolution podcast. I, um, as you guys mentioned earlier, I release two episodes a week, and um, that's a, a fun platform for me. Love, love, love. And I cyber stalk you so i follow all of those things Amber. i mean you're making my day you're but, making my day but you speak directly to me and that's how it feels i was like oh amber has something to tell me today i gotta go check it out so I of course it. this was an amazing amount of information and i loved meeting you we were excited to, to even get to talk to you so for all of our listeners out there we're going to encourage you to do all those things that amber mm-hmm. just said check out ambershaw.com sure. go to at miss amber shaw on insta or social media and check out the wellness revolution podcast but and we're going to link to all of those in the show notes fyi but before we let you go we do have one last question that i'm going to kick to michael chapman that's called the fireball amber we've got a ridiculous question to end sessions that's the supposed fireball. to catch you off guard and i know i'm like you didn't prepare me for this so like that. hot <laughs> that it's gonna singe your eyebrows so uh listening back there was something that's that piqued my curiosity um and so question for you is actually what is the best 80s movie Oh, Dirty Dancing. That's not even Whoa. like a what? Not like that? Don't even. Not even <laughs> like a pause. Yeah. Like not like. Right. Yes, yeah, the listeners are going to think that you did prep me for that one, but you didn't. <laughs> but like hands down, in my list, I've seen it. I, you guys would. I'm embarrassed to tell you how many times I've actually seen it. It's really good. Yeah. Seriously, not even a pause. Oh no. Not even no. a pause. But Swayze's so good. Of course. Oh, I know. God. Of course. Yeah, is. I would say that. But then, of course, you know, of course, that's not like the only good 80s movie. There's a million sure. of them. But that, to me, like my favorite, that's that. It's Love, that. It. Mm, Love it. Slam Great dunk. Answer. Amber Shaw. Well, again, we, we can't thank you enough for spending time with us. I think there's so much in here for all of our listeners. So, again, reach out to Amber if you have other questions you want to work with her. And we're just so grateful. And thank you so much for spending time with us today, Amber. Oh my gosh! Thank you guys for having me, and I can't wait to have you guys on my show. We're gonna Yay. disclose to nice. disclose to the world either how healthy I am or how unhealthy, and I'm not sure. We'll see. We'll <laughs> disclose only what you're comfortable with. Amber. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Thanks, Amber. Thank you. Man, that was inspiring. It was. I feel inspired. <laughs> I'm gonna go exercise. Actually, I want Amber to be my new best friend. Sorry, Michael. No, that works out for me because then she can just motivate me all the time to exercise. That's fair. We can, Win-win. We can all just hang out. That'll be cool. We can watch Dirty Dancing together. Oh, that's brilliant. Next time on The Lab Report, Dr. Dwayne Jackson. A legend in cardiovascular physiology, sports nutrition, and bodybuilding. He's so cool. Do I don't want him to be my best friend. I want to be him. How do we get to meet all these really cool people? Look. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. 
call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. So tonight is the first attempt of trying to be my daughter's piano teacher. This will not end well. I'm already thinking it's probably a really bad idea. She will never play the, the piano again. I know your level of perfectionism and I know your skill. So it's going to be very difficult for you to pull this back, Michael. you got to work really hard here. You mean I should throw away this spreadsheet of the plan in five-minute intervals? Yes. Or actually, knowing your daughter, she'd probably love that. So let's just go with it. 